everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And today I have with me the author of your next favorite book and next favorite movie. Yes, he's got a movie deal, what everybody else wants. And I have the honor now to talk to A.J. Coots, the author of Almathea. Hi, A.J., how you doing? Hi, Eric. It's great to be with you. Right on. And you are in, where are you in Australia? I'm, I'm in the Hunter Valley. It's, it's about two and a half hours north of Sydney. It's um, Australia's oldest winemaking country. So surrounded by vineyards, vineyards and mountains, it's, uh, it's quite a nice place to write books, actually. How cool. I can imagine the, the vineyards right now. Uh, so I guess you're a wine aficionado. Yeah, well, all our neighbours are, um, are, are winemakers. Um, wine my nearest neighbour actually is Australia's oldest winemaker, the Tyrrells family. They're a very famous family in Australia. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, we get to taste a, taste a bottle here and there, which is nice. One of the privileges of living in the Hunter Valley, I suppose. That sounds like where I'm from, California. We also have... Uh a big wine uh, tradition and now and piss off the French a lot because we win the competitions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, there's a funny story um, <clears throat> that Bruce tells. He said that uh, a lot, a long time ago, they said you couldn't make red wine in the, in the Hunter Valley. It was just, especially Pinot Noir, which is a, a great variety. Uh-huh. Um, and they said that, uh, you know, it's, it's a very um, finicky wine. Um, hmm. You have to have the conditions just right. But his dad said, no, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to try it. And he did it at a, a case of it at the cellar door. And somebody um, took a case and entered it in the World Wine Olympics um, in Paris. And it actually, it actually won first prize. So wow. the French weren't happy about it. But Bruce, Bruce tells a funny story. He says that it was um, page one of the New York Times. And he said it was page three of the Cessnock Advertiser, the local page. The local <laughs> page. So it wasn't, uh, we had a good chuckle about that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it can be done over here as well. Wow, that is so cool because I remember the Monty Python skits always making fun of the Australian wine. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting better each year. So there's some great reasons down here. And, and which Bruce are you talking about? Uh, Bruce, Bruce Tyrrell. He's, um, oh. he's the head of the family at the moment. He's the uh, fifth generation winemaker. Wow. Yeah, so uh, they've, been, they've been here since 18, the 1850s. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about Bruce Logan, but we'll get to that in a minute. Let's get some backstory yeah. first before we get to the even more juicy stuff. <laughs> so uh, uh, how do you say it? Almithia. 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 How, oh, tell us about your book. Uh, it's, it's basically a, a hero's journey type book. Um, yeah, a young warrior called Little Hawks uh, is sort of his home. His, his, his home is invaded by a tyrannical alien overlord. And... <laughs> excuse me um yeah he sort of he trains with the shaman and he sets out on a he's, he sets out on a journey to retrieve the one weapon that can free his people from slavery that's basically in it in a, in a nutshell and the yeah uh, the colorful world and yeah. yeah and the uh i see on the cover the is the hero this raven hybrid girl no that's the that's um she's actually a lieutenant of the lost one who's the uh the evil alien overlord. So she's in cahoots with him. So she's actually a bad person. And um, uh, one thing I find interesting, because I have it in my books, it seems a lot of us science fiction authors do this. You, there's a big role with crystals. What do the crystals play in, in the book? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, in Almithia, the, they mine a, a crystal called Almithium. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, basically, the lost one is... Uh, has blown a hole in his atmosphere. Um, he created a weapon that was so powerful, and when he tested it, he's blown a blown a hole in the hmm. atmosphere surrounding his own planet. So he's come to Almithia to collect this crystal, which he fires into the hole, and it sort of acts as a, a shield against 
damaging sunlight, so it keeps the temperature cool. Mm-hmm. So he needs that as a uh, he needs that to um, basically sustain life for for him and the latches who are, are the people that he sort of controls on his home planet. <laughs> I was reading your book, and uh, as a fellow science fiction author, I have to ask you, what were you smoking? <laughs> I know that's what people say that to me all the time. They say, "Oh, <laughs> must be must be taking some drugs." And I said, "No, no, it's just I'm, I'm a bit." I'm, I'm, I think I'm 10% mad. I, I really do. I, uh, <laughs> I love it. Well, I tell them I'm, I'm just high on life and you know, all you need is a good wine. You know? yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. But I, I was, I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day and I said, I was explaining the plot to him and he, he was like, shook his head and he said, do you sleep all right at night, Aaron? And I, was like, yeah, I sleep fine. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he couldn't get his head around it. But yeah, it was funny. Oh, I like it. I haven't read the whole book yet since, you know, uh, I've only had a little time and I'm, I'm getting through the first part and uh, no, no, I, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I just wanted to, you know, egg you on a little bit as a fellow science fiction author. So yeah, no, it's, I'm it's, glad, glad to hear yeah. you like science fiction is my favorite genre, obviously. Definitely. Uh, I grew up like I love June and, and several other books, science fiction books, but um, I think it was the movie Star Wars that really got me into to science fiction. I just, changed my world when I saw those movies. It was, yeah. um, opened my imagination to a whole other. A whole and and other. who's your favorite character in Star Wars? Oh, gee, I'd, I'd have to say Han Solo. I really, uh, he's the roguish pilot. Really? Uh, who travels really? with uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I always, I, I love, I love uh, Han Solo. We used to play it uh, on TV all the time as kids and jump around in the. Hmm. In the but what uh, do you think on, about the movie Han? Oh uh, yeah, it's it's kind of got mixed reviews. It was like yeah. Australia. It was like it's it's like the seventh most expensive film ever made or something. When I w- wow. watched it, um, yeah. I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Like I heard yeah. some bad reviews before I watched it, but um, no, for me, I mean, anything Star Wars is pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I really enjoy. I I thought it was great. I enjoyed the show. I, I couldn't get over the you know Han Solo was Harrison Ford. I just it just didn't work yeah, for me. Yeah, it was Sorry. a little strange. <laughs> I had to get my head around that too, but. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard sometimes when you when you try and uh, do a prequel like that. It's because you have such a, a fixed idea in your head about what the character looks like. Yeah. yeah. But once I got my head around that, I thought Ron Howard did a really good job. Um, yeah. Ron Howard did that film. Yeah, yeah, that was one. Of his Richie films. Cunningham, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Richie. Good old wow. Richie. So yeah. I was. Uh, it was 1977. I don't remember which grade I was, and I was in the, either in the third or fifth grade. Where were you when Star Wars came out? Um, I was. I, I saw it when I was in second grade in okay. '82. Yeah, okay. was the first time yeah. I saw it. Yeah, uh, and uh, it just. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. We used to dress up and like roll around the couches and pretend we were fighting off the stormtroopers and yeah. um, all the kids in the neighbourhood would, would go out and reenact mm-hmm. the scenes. We, we just thought it was the greatest movie ever. And you know, they say that uh, Star Wars is the most, what do you call it, accurate rendition of the hero's journey ever put in film. Oh, and I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, it hits all the beats perfectly. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense because it's got that nice rhythm that sort of flows through it. Do you use any kind of templates like that or, or uh, character arcs? or? Yeah, well, I have looked at the hero's journey. Um, I quite like that one. Um, hmm. I, I, I'm a bit of a pantser though. Like, you know, I really like to just just go with the flow sort of thing and, and um, right by the seat of my pants so that I'm not so hmm. I don't have a, you know, there's def, def, definitely people that like a structure and hmm. they have to have, have it all set out before they write. But I'm actually a bit the opposite. I just like wow. to. Wow. You're advanced. I can't do that. I, I don't recommend oh. beginners to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's different. I think it's just different how we think like, you know, JK Rowling, for example, she's uh, very much a planner and has to have the plot and mm-hmm. which is understandable. It's such a complex, complex um, story. Whereas Stephen King, you know, he's a, he's a panther. He said, it's like a fossil, he, <laughs> which I really like. He said, you see the tip of it and you're not really sure what's underneath and you just sort of, you, you kind of go with it that way and then you unearth it and then it's bigger and but you're still not sure. And I kind of, I like that analogy. It's kind of a, a hmm. good one. Hmm. Well, it's probably more exciting, I guess, to write, but, uh, but I, I always write myself in a corner when I do it. So I, I'm an outliner, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of rewriting, like with, with the way I work, it's, it's a lot of like scrapping chapters and, and it's hmm. back and forth and it's um, so that's, that's one of the downsides. Being a yeah. Before we, we get onto that, uh, one more thing about Star Wars. What, 
What do you think about Han shot first? <laughs> Great controversy. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Guido did not shoot first. You only hear one blast, so I think that gives it away that Han shot first. So, yeah, Lucas wasn't without his various flaws, but, um, yeah, I definitely think uh, it was Han. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you look at the original, it's not retouched, you know. Uh, George and Spielberg are, are retouching the, the DVD Blu-rays to take that all out. Yeah, I think, I think they might have even added a... Um, a laser that came out of Guido's gun. Yeah, make, they uh, be more uh, exactly you know, cold-blooded killer. But um, yeah, from my, my the first one I watched, I kind of thought it was quite clear. But yeah, but it's, it's a travesty. Uh, He's not allowed to do that. You know, you can't you can't change it. Yeah, it's, it's a crime <laughs> if you ask me. You know, but okay. Yeah, there's a couple, <laughs> a couple of things like that um, where he you, you sort of. There's a few uh, a few flaws in the in the movie, but I uh, just I think he's an absolutely amazing man, George Lucas. So whatever he says goes. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, all right, how long did it take to write um, a Mythia? Um, well, there's six books in the series. Um, Rise of Wingtar is the first one that uh, you've got a copy of. Yeah. Um, I've been at it for over 15 years. Like, but it's when I say that it's not been full time. I've had to have a job obviously in between yeah. so um i uh yeah it's been on and off like i full-time for a few years and then I, I sort of i would go and get jobs that were sort of um there's a lot of sailing and and uh the little hawk the character he he's sails on a uh, on a sailing ship so mm -hmm. i went and got a job on a um a cruise ship and i and i did that for a while just to get some inspiration and to get some ideas and make it more authentic in the book. Um, I, I worked on uh, Moonshadow Cruises for three years. That was just as a whale watching and dolphin guide. And um, cool. that was great. That was great because it gave me some, um, yeah. some insight into how that world works. Uh, and yeah, just on and off. And I, and I, I did have another job working with a very good friend of mine as well. So he was an artist. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, I, I worked with him in sales and marketing as well. Uh -huh. And where did you get the first or the original idea for the book? Um, I, I just sat down one day and um, just started thinking and it, it just it just evolved. I, I didn't have any specific ideas. I, um, I, yeah, this is where I love it. It's the correct creative aspect of, of writing. This is the thing that I'm really drawn to. I, mm -hmm. I know for a lot of writers it's quite difficult, but for me that's the part that I enjoy the most. I, I sit down and I, I have to actually... Um, at the moment, I've, I've called it switched off my brain, so I'm, I don't, I don't um, think about it at the moment. But when I start thinking about it again, it'll, it'll be like, it's like a tap that I turn on. I can't, I get obsessed with it, and I, like, I live it, and I see it, and I, and I dream about things, and I wake up with with ideas to the story, and um, it just sort of flows, flows. It's um, a very organic process yeah. for me. That's what yeah. I love about fiction. Uh, you don't, I. I just, you just don't have it by nonfiction, this world building and stuff. And yeah, tapping into your brain, it's just, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. And like where I live in the Hunter too, it's beautiful. You know, I'll often, uh, um, I, I heard a, a podcast you did with um, Derek Detka. Um, yeah. And he was saying that he has to walk and pace and he likes to, to do that. I'm, I'm sort of one of those people too. I like to go for a walk in nature and um, I, I get a lot of ideas from um, just being being outside, and I'll see something um, in the book. For example, there's there's characters called Fleefs, which mm -hmm. are like little pixie things. And I was out taking a walk one day, and I saw came across some monarch butterflies, and they must have been breeding or something. And like I disturbed them, and the whole tree sort of came alive with these butterflies, and they were just circling around me. Um, and so that's that's one idea where I got that from. I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to go home and and write about that. Um, but then. Um, a lot of your life, a lot of my life experiences are in the book as well. So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> my best friend and I, um, he, we co-authored a book called My Brush with Depression. Yeah, um, I kind of read about that in your bio. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, um, my best friend, um, was a guy called Greg Wilson, and we, we became very close. Actually, he had a, a series of motorcycle accidents. Um, mm -hmm. He had four accidents, and then after the last one, he got really down. Um, things went downhill. He attempted suicide and, and, mm -hmm. and got really, had really bad depression. And, and we sort of moved up from Sydney to the Hunter Valley to, to clear his mind and, and get his gallery up and running. Um, so <laughs> like a lot of that, a lot of that hardship and the, and the struggles and the uh, disappointments and the highs and the lows, like a lot of that became the inspiration for, 
um, the book as well, um, what we learned along the way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of how it evolved as well. Yeah. But, uh, how many books are in the series? Uh, this, there's going to be six in the series. Yeah. Okay. How many do you have already in draft or done? I've, I've got, uh, three more in uh, two more that are pretty much done in the last, the last three are in draft. So I've got a good Ooh. idea where they're going. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's a bit more work. Awesome. Um, I can't help but about thinking about the mountains you're walking around. Are there any hang gliders and stuff there? Yeah, yeah, we get the hang gliders and the paragliders. And um, actually, we've got a couple of resident um, eagles that fly overhead too. So awesome. that was, again, another inspiration. Like, I used to look up to the sky and think, oh, that's pretty pretty cool watching them fly about together. So um, mm -hmm. the little hawk kind of was an extension of that as well. So, And do your yeah. dogs get into trouble with any kangaroos? Uh, yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of kangaroos around, um, especially this time of the year. It's, it's spring in Australia and uh, we've yeah. just got bud burst on the, on the vines. So a lot mm. of the kangaroos, they'll come down from the mountains and they start eating the vines. So, um, I heard they don't like dogs. No, they don't like dogs. <coughs> they, they love the grapevines, um, <coughs> but the dogs chase them off. Um, but my, my, my uh, little dog, Hemingway, he's a Norwich Terrier. He, um, he's getting a bit old now to chase them, but when he was a puppy, he used to just fly out the door and, and chase them. But now he sort of sees them and he's a lot more relaxed around them. So we've got them coming right up to our veranda and, and, our, and our lawn outside our house as well at the moment. So, yeah, they're everywhere. Did you ever get in a tangle with one? No, I've, I've seen that on the, on, um, the internet sometimes. They, yeah. they get into fights, but no, I've been fortunate. <laughs> like I find if you just, um, you know, you let them be, they... I've never had a problem with the kangaroo at all. The dogs sometimes, <laughs> the dogs I've seen sometimes some good videos in Australia, but oh, okay, yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Have, we did have a um, Hemingway did chase a kangaroo, and we've got a dam nearby. And he, he chased it into the dam, and it was sort of swimming around the dam. And Hemingway was running around the, the, the corner of the dam, like chasing it, trying to trying to grab it. But it got out. Fortunately, shook itself off and bounded wow. away. So we're lucky. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a topic in itself. So back to your <laughs> book, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, who did the cover? He's got a really cool cover. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I worked on that with, um, with Greg. Um, mm -hmm. Greg was an artist, so we did a lot of concept work together. And then um, basically what happened was like, it, it, it sort of, it takes time to evolve a character. Like the first character is, looks very different to how Raven Weaven came out in the end. We just kept working at it and sort of once I had the concept, I, I got onto the computer and then you, it's, um, there's a lot of programs where you can put things together. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did that and I sort of was very specific about what I wanted. And then in the end, I went to a, a um, there's, there's a company in Melbourne called The Illustrators um, mm -hmm. and they, they really helped, like they put the finishing touch um, because you can do, you can only do so much on the computer before you really need an artist to, to yeah. finish it off. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, sadly for me, my best friend, Greg, he passed away this year. Um, oh, of a brain sorry. In March. So, um, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. He, he sort of um, left the house one day and um, he didn't come home. And uh, 11 days later, the police knocked on our door and uh, unfortunately, yeah, he'd had a brain aneurysm and they found his car up in the mountains near where we live. So... Uh, he wasn't wow. able to finish the cover, unfortunately. So I had to, I had to go outside of, of that and get the illustrators to help me with that. Wow. So you're in the crucible, uh, you're, 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 what do you, what, you're making the book in the crucible of sorrow, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really <laughs> tough year for me, actually. Like I, I had, I lost my best friend and business partner and we've been living together for 20 years, him and his wife and my wife and I, we sort of had this little quartet where we started a business together. So yeah, it was a bit of a shock in March at, um, and then sort of um, a month later, my mother got diagnosed with brain cancer. So that was really tough. And hmm. she's in remission now, which is really good. So she's fine. And yeah, um, yeah it's been, I've had a few, few heartaches, but um, mm -hmm. again, they'll probably end up with stories in the book and, and yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, you got some big guns on your side now. How did you get Bruce Logan on your team? The guy, what did he do? He did, he did 2001. He, he did, what was he, a cinematographer for Star Wars? Yeah, he was on Tron, um, Space Odyssey 2001, like said. Um, yeah, I just, he's an amazing man. Um, he, his claim to fame, I suppose, was that he blew up the Death Star in, yeah. in Star Wars. So, um, cool. yeah, very early on, um, I, I, to be honest, my link there was my manager. I, I, 
when I, when I was getting close to finishing, I knew that I needed some help and some guidance to mm-hmm. sort of just refine the storyline. And I reached out to a woman called Lynn Santa who lives on the Gold Coast here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's been in and out of Hollywood for, for decades. So she's quite um, familiar with a lot of the filmmakers over there. And she's gal pals with Priscilla Presley and Tippi <laughs> Hendren who's in Birds. So she's, mm-hmm. she's an amazing resource. And she just helped me straight away and, and sort of um, got a contact um, and said, like, sent, sent the story to Bruce. And Bruce was great from the beginning. He sort of rang me on the phone one day and it was, it's pretty amazing, you know, like hearing him talk about the nice. whole story. Yeah, so you um, talked to an agent and she set you up or, I mean. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah Lynn's, Lynn's a very accomplished author herself. She's got like 17 or 18 books. But um, she, she's, yeah, she, she wants to, um, she, she knew a guy named James Garnier as well, who's got his own um, uni- Rio Vista Universal over in the States. So he's very friendly with him and, and Bruce Logan. Um, and yeah, just talking, they thought it sounded like a good plot. So um, it's just been evolving. We still need a few dominoes to fall to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just the funding that's the hard bit. We've got some funding, but we're looking to get more funding. And, um, well, that's just pretty cool. Um, I'm going to, I guess I'll post the video on the blog and all that. But uh, you got some other people on there, the guy from Stargate. And um, tell us about that. Yeah, well, Cliff Simon is uh, another one. And yeah. Lynn sort of knows him as well from her journeys to Hollywood. And he's, um, yeah, he's an amazing man. Um, Cliff's been a dancer and, a, and an actor in South Africa. Um, he, he was at the Moulin Rouge for a year. He, he wrote a book actually called Paris Nights, yeah. uh, my year at the Moulin Rouge. And uh, he's coming to Australia to help cross-promote the book. Um, yeah, I think, I, again, it was Derek Depker that said, you know, one of the things that he found really helpful was to reach out to other authors and to yeah. cross-promote and to help one another. So Cliff and I are sort of doing that uh, in November this year. He's coming out at the end of October, November. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's heading out and we're, he's also plays um, Lord Baal in the Stargate yeah. series, yeah, which exactly. is hugely popular. It's a worldwide audience. It goes to over 200 countries, I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's a household name in a lot of places and uh, I'm really excited to meet with him. And we, we're doing sort of like a, a question and answer um, talk up at Brisbane for, uh, it's like a Comic-Con convention, which is it's called Supernova. It's, um, we're, we're, it's all based around science fiction and um, dress up as their favourite characters and things like that. So we're on stage together doing that over, over a couple of days which I'm really excited about. It'd be fantastic to work with him and, and just to meet him because I'm a fan of his as well. So yeah, it, it should be great. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it looks really cool. And uh, what was the name of the agent, Lynn? Lynn Santa. S first. Ah, oh, okay. A-N-T-E-R. Yeah, she's on the Gold Coast and uh, just a, an amazing resource. And, and I, I think she's... She's uh yeah she's really close to a lot of a lot of Hollywood names and and things like that. So obviously when I was looking for someone to to uh, join forces with, um she was the obvious choice because she had those contacts and I thought you know what that sounds like a, a good uh, marriage. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And is Rio Vista Universal? Is that Universal Studios? No, no, it's owned by a gentleman named James Garnier, who's a Hollywood producer. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's into filmmaking and you know it's it's um it's just been exciting like it's it's mm-hmm. yeah like i said we still need a few dominoes to fall but it's 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 looking really good at the moment um he's, he's got he's a, a start date or a release date yet no not yet not yet okay just they've been it's 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 kind of like um like a book they've been going over the um the screenplay quite a bit mm-hmm. also been fortunate enough to attract the attention of a hollywood screenwriter called stephen finlay Okay. And he's a he's an award-winning um, writer. He's an amazing guy as well. So he's been collaborating with us as well on it. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been just being guided by what what those guys say at the moment. They're um, fantastic, you know. And when they speak, yeah. they're sort of you listen listen to. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, it's, that sounds really cool. So yeah, stay on it. Keep up the momentum, you know. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but. It, uh, like I said, I've been reading your books and I got a lot of questions. And uh, so um, how about uh, you? Did you publish it yourself or do you have a publishing company? Uh, I have a publishing company called BCG Publishing. They're based in Texas and it's run by a gentleman called Paul Brody. Hi. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's an absolute gentleman. He's, um, I've been so, so excited to, to work with him. He's 
been really helpful and um, he, he knows a lot about marketing and um, how to how to promote the book, which I'm, you know, I'm not very good at self-promotion, unfortunately, I'm learning. But yeah. um, he's he's been a massive help and, and he's sort of guiding us as well in the right direction. So that was yeah. that was a real plus. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's been on my podcast several times. But oh, okay, yeah. 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 yeah so I wanted lovely. to ask you, um, what about the description in Amazon? Who did that for your book? Uh, I did that. Uh-huh. But did yeah. you actually upload it in your KDP dashboard? Yeah, I think so. Actually, I did that with Lynn Santa, my manager. Um, mm-hmm. She uploaded it. So I'm not sure what platform or how she did that, to be honest, Eric. I'm sorry, I can't give you an answer. Because I want to fix it for you. There's some beginner oh, mistakes in there. Oh, and, okay. I'd, love, yeah. to, I'd love, to, love to see what you recommend. Yeah. So um, uh, have you heard of Brian Meeks? No, I haven't heard of Brian. Oh, excellent, excellent podcasts. I did with him two of them. And copywriting is super duper important. You know, it's how you format and what you say in your book description. So yeah. copy is just that fancy word for, for words that sell or, you know, something like that, advertising yeah. words. And um, yeah. so, um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, not keywords, but um, how you write your description to make people oh, buy it, <laughs> basically, cool. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so I've been learning a lot from him and uh, uh, your, your description isn't necessarily bad, but it needs to be reformatted, right? It's just one big, huge paragraph. And, and uh, so it really needs to be broken up a bit, you know, uh, in the internet today, people, you know, they don't, you, you have to make it scannable, first of all. And one big, huge paragraph is not scannable. You know, oh, okay. there's all these funny statistics, how you only got seven seconds to hook your reader, you know, so they see that cover and then they have to see a hook in that description. And then they have to be, you know, ever so gently led down those paragraphs to your call to action, for example. And like uh, I'll set that up for you and then send it to you. And then all you have to do is copy and paste it in your, in your description. And uh, that'd be fantastic. Thanks, Eric. So it's Brian Meeks is the, the gentleman yeah. that's good at yeah, he's the master of Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I, need the, I need the master's help because I'm just the apprentice right now. I'm yeah. still learning, you know, so I'm going to make some mistakes. And I'm just really at the beginning of the journey. So um, mm-hmm. I, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast and, and some of... Um, oh, thank you. Had on. Uh, Steve Scott last week was was wonderful as well. And he, he had some really good ideas on advertising and how to promote the book. So, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely get on to Brian Meeks and, and talk to the master, the guru. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, they're pretty crazy. He's with uh, Michael Anderley and, you know, some of these guys, they're, they're publishing a book a month and they're just dominating Amazon. And, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, these guys are full-time authors, so they're also uh, just an – we were talking about that beforehand, how there's, you know, Steve Scott has his methods, Dave Chesson has his methods, and uh, Brian Meeks kind of also – different different school there and uh but highly successful super duper successful yeah yeah so it's it's just getting the right hook and that shortening it so that uh like you said it's it's uh you can get straight to the point and get yeah. capture people's attention well copywriting yeah. is is an art there are several schools and everybody will argue about it but um the, the cool thing about brian meeks is he's a data analyst so he also has the data to prove it and back up what he says. And um, so your cover is, is probably the most important because that's the first impression. They see it and, and then if it's not good, then they don't read the description in Amazon. And then that has to be really good too. So that's like the other 50% of your sales there if you want to put a percentage on it. Yeah. I've got some work to do, Eric, by the sounds of it. I'll be going back over after after we finish speaking. That's for sure. Well, you got an excellent book and an excellent cover, so you're that's uh, more than half the rent. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. What um, uh, well, I I, you you just said you got six in the in the making. So I guess uh, the next question is irrelevant. What do you do about writer's block Uh, or procrastination? How about procrastination? Yeah, I um I tend to get outside. That's what I like to do, and and move around a little bit. Um, that's that's probably uh, what I do. I take the dogs for a walk, or um, I'll just go for a walk in nature, and then often I get inspired and come back in, and away we go again. Um, if I'm really stuck, I just 
walk away and get, have a break for a while. Just try not to get too stressed about it um, mm-hmm. and just have a good sleep. Sometimes that's the best thing for me is have a good rest and, mm-hmm. um, and then wake up the next morning fresh and do a few yeah. push-ups, get to the computer, go, go for a walk, that sort of thing. How many push-ups? Oh, not many. <laughs> yeah. Too many hamburgers. I'm not really fit, but hey, we got to get... get together for a barbecue someday, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. You'd be most welcome. There but is. I do push-ups every day too. But I'm not going to divulge yeah, how many. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, but my arms are sore this morning. I, I just started again after a bit of a break. So uh, yeah, but I just find anything that gets the blood circulating and the, and yeah. kind of clears the brain fog a bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you do get writer's block. Yeah, occasionally I, I, I have. Yeah, I've definitely had it in the past. Yeah, it's not always. Um, it doesn't always flow. It's um, mm-hmm. there's definitely moments where it's it's maddening. You just sit there and you're like, ah. Oh. Um, so mm-hmm. I, for me, I get out, walk around, and talk to other people too. Like that's what I like to do. I used to talk yeah. to Greg, Greg a lot. Um, and sometimes you could you could work through it to, with with another person. And mm-hmm. um, his wife Josie is um, amazing too. She's got a real imagination. So we would talk and bounce things off each other, and mm-hmm. and then we'd sort of talk it out. And then bang, I'd be back back at the keyboard. Right. Very mm-hmm. good. Yep. And um, I was watching the video, and there's some design work in there. And the hero, or is he the hero? He looks just like you. Who is that? Oh, the hero. Um, yeah, that's Little Hawk. Um, he's the main character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if he looks like me, that's purely accidental. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I kind of, I kind of relate more to other characters in the book. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so again, I, I love, I love designing the characters. To me, it's it's fun. You start off and it's a blank canvas, and you're not really sure where it's going to go, and then yeah. just gradually you add pieces, and that it comes to life in your mind, and. Yeah, we've, we're fortunate enough now to be working with the illustrators. So I've got a few more um, mm-hmm. characters on the way. Um, and so, they'll probably keep evolving yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, cool. So, so why, it, tell us about this raven hybrid girl. Why is she on the cover and not, not the little Hulk? Uh, he's coming in the next one because ah, okay. you're not really sure in the first book who is the, uh, basically, um, they, little Hulk trains for a, um, a visually spectacular sort of high-speed winner-takes-all championship uh, horse competition. With, they had the horses with the golden hoops. Oh. Um, but you're not really sure who's going to be the, the, the hero in the, in the, in the book. Mm-hmm. You kind of suspect it. Um, mm-hmm. pl- I've planted the seed, but, um, yeah, that's why I didn't go with Little Hawk on the first one. But he is on the cover on the second one. So, I... um, yeah. Okay, so, so tell us about this raven girl. What does she do? What's her special thing? Uh, she, her power is she can she can move through a portal that's um, shaped like a, a spider web. Um, oh. so yeah, that's a, on the she, cover. Yeah, so she's a human hybrid, and um, she rules over the ravens. And she's like a lieutenant for the lost one, who's um, the the lost one's uh, on his own planet. He can't he can't leave the planet because he's got something called a quarb, which is a like an energy um, orb around him yeah. um, that's been placed there by the by the um, by the, some other powers, um, he can't leave. So she's he, she's basically keeping an eye on things for him on the planet and making sure that the quotas are getting met for the Almithium crystals and, and it's being mm-hmm. shipped. Um, yeah, so she's quite a sinister character, um, mm-hmm. and she reports to him by a by a um, a teleprompter, a screen, and they talk. Mm-hmm. But she's basically running his operations on Almithia. And um, why, what do the Almithian crystals do? Why does that one guy need them? Um, yeah, as I, as I was saying earlier, just to, um, he's blown a hole in his atmosphere on his planet, mm-hmm. um, the crumbling planet. It's, um, it's a big hole in the sky. So um, huh. basically what they need to do is, is to have their spacecraft fire a combination of Almithium and a few other chemicals into the hole. Um, and it creates like a blanket so that the, the sun doesn't penetrate the planet and, and make it unbearable. And um, so the living conditions are okay. So, yeah, that's their, that's their main interest is survival. Cool. I want to I read uh, some quotes from Bruce Logan. He said, it really has the potential to be a massive franchise. And then the other one is, I, I think Elmithia is probably closest to Star Wars than any of the other movies I've worked on. But I'm I'm thinking uh, it's like uh, more like J.R. Tolkien meets Star Wars. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, yeah, I 
it's funny because people draw different conclusions, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, I just can't even believe that Bruce Label's even talking about my little book, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like Star Wars, um, a little bit of um, Avatar, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, just a sci-fi adventure mm-hmm. for people to get their head around. But yeah, this, there's definitely a bit of magic in there. Um, J.K. Rowling was obviously an influence. She's a big influence on me. I mean, I yeah. think she's an incredible woman and what she's done is, is uh, mm-hmm. second to none, basically. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's amazing, isn't she? She's uh, invented games within the books and it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's um she's like the the whole the whole way she said it. She's got quite an imagination. Yeah. Um, and how she wrote a book with her being a single mum, I've got no idea. It's, you um, know, it, um, getting back to this hero's journey thing, uh, have you heard of Doctor Jordan Peterson? Um, vaguely, that name does ring a bell. He's this psychologist, uh, professor, psychiatrist. Uh, that's making all sorts of waves because he's not politically correct. He's from Canada, but uh, regardless of all the all the latest uh, uh, circus going around, uh, because he tells the truth, right? And yeah. but if you look at his older stuff on YouTube, he he um, analyzes, psychoanalyzes the books, and mostly from the Carl Jungian perspective. So he goes deep, deep down into the hero's journey, and he 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 um, he'll uh, analyze uh, the Lion King or Pinocchio or J.K. Rowling's books, you know the um, the Harry Potter books, and boy, if you really want to get into the the, the deep psychology, because they all have uh, almost all of those books are 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 either the hero's journey or or something very similar. And it's just, it's just a really good tip uh, uh, for us fiction writers, uh, because why do we know? Why do we all understand these stories? You know, because yeah. they're they're old. They're in our DNA. They're millions of years old. Some of them, they even say that they're thirty thousand years old. You know. Yeah, handed down from generations and generations and for thousands of years. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Actually, I love Carl Jung's work and the dream analysis he does and. Yeah, so that would be fascinating to to get into that more, actually. And have yeah, maybe we'll have to hit some links on the on the blog too, because it's it's really fascinating. And uh, anyways, I don't know where they get the numbers, like thirty thousand year old stories, you know. But but yeah. uh, well, they did the research, though. Yeah, maybe some tablets or something. Back in the, who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so, who is your favorite author? Oh, I, I have many actually. It's um, it's hard to narrow it down. I um, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's really tough. Um, I mean, I grew up. I love Charles Dickens's work, and I love Mark Twain. But um, if I had to pick one book that I really like, I would say um, it's June by Frank Herbert. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long one, it. big one. Yeah, yeah. I just I enjoy that so much. That yeah. that took me away as well. It sort of um, mm. yeah. That's the first book that really. I think yeah. it depends how old you are, where you are. Yeah. Um, but just for me at that time in my life when I read it, you know, it's, um, you can, oh, all his you, books you, are that big. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Did you read the white plague? Yeah. I've read, I've read a lot of, I've read most of his work. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just fascinating, you know, but it's, um, I remember just being at school and, you know, it was tough and it was like lots of homework and very little time for play, but you could, I could pick that book up and all of a sudden I'd be off world, you know, and I'd be, I'd be out there traveling with Paula Trades and, um, just, it was amazing. And, and that's kind of really, um, I think that was a, a big part of why I, I wanted to tell my own stories because I, I enjoyed, um, his story so much, um, that I wanted to take people on adventures with me mm-hmm. after reading that. It got exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, um, I didn't ask you, what's the name of this Raven girl on the cover? Uh, that's Raven Weaver. Raven Weaver. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm just sorry, I'm backtracking here, but um, they are making a movie about June. Um, it's being released in 2020, December 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got an ensemble cast and it's got um, Jason Momoa in it. So I'm okay. really excited to see how the, what the filmmakers do with that. It'll be, it should be really interesting. What, what's the movie about? It's June. It's, um, they're doing a remake. Um, oh. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge Hollywood ensemble cast. Jason Malmoa, um, oh. 
Yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I've seen something briefly about that, right? Yeah, two, uh, giant sandworms, um, you know, exploring the desert, riding the sandworms. It, it should That'd be amazing. Be crazy, and the thumpers. What's not to love about giant sandworms? And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, what, what are they called? The Harkonnens. Oh, yeah, man, that it. was, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Ter yeah, but they had Sting in the first movie. Yeah, he did, a, he did an amazing job, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. They had a few budget restraints. Um, apparently, they ran out of money when they did that first movie. Um, <laughs> wasn't as good as that could have been, apparently. Um, even yeah. The producer said so. So hopefully they get this one right and it's spectacular. Well, you know, in all respect to Peter Jackson, he butchered the crap out of The Lord of the Rings too. And, uh, yeah. but, but he still, for the, you know, the budget and the time restraints, he did a good job, I think. But, yeah, but he totally it. ruined the end of the Hobbit, you know, or um, no, the um, Lord of the Rings, the first one. Yeah, it's another beast filmmaking, isn't it? It's um, yeah. it's tough, but uh, yeah, Tolkien was. I actually saw his movie a couple of days ago. Um, it's called Tolkien, and I, oh. one of the things I learned was that I've been saying his name wrong all these years. I was saying Tolkien, oh. but it's Tolkien apparently. Aha. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but um, in German it's Tolkien. Tolkien. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've been saying his name wrong, which is pretty embarrassing. But it's uh, that was a good movie too, just about his experiences in the war and how he took those experiences and you know the dark characters formed and um, yeah, it was amazing. I'm looking at your book here and I see a really cool uh, map in the front, Tolkienish or Tolkienish, whatever. Yeah. Are you going to make any more maps or runes or your own languages? Uh, not the languages. I, I, I'll leave that to Tolkien. He's, um, <laughs> He's the master. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love having little maps and things in the front, just especially if, yeah. um, for young adults who are reading the book. It, I think yeah. it just gives, it makes it feel real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, every, every book I'll have a map in there, I'm sure. You, you don't fun. have any um, lead magnets to download in your book though, do you? Uh, no. You should make no. that map a free PDF download to build your, your email list. PDF map download. I'm writing this down, Eric, because yeah. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm just beginning and um, speaking with you, you know, I, like you've got so much valuable information on your, on your site. You. Um, yeah. That, yeah, it's really, I'm just starting now. So that'll be another one. PDF map download. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, just I'll let me know if you need to know how to do that with the whatever, you know, um, do you have an email list? Are you using email marketing stuff? At the moment? No, we are on Facebook. Um, uh -huh. We, yeah, so I mean, there's, there's another one. I'll put that one down too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, email marketing is the number one marketing channel. It's like mandatory for authors. And so a lot of people are saying, well, well, Facebook groups are good too. Yeah, they are good. They are good, but still nothing beats email. Uh, you, for example, you can download your email list and nobody can ever take it away from you. You know, in a Facebook yeah. group, they can just turn it off. Say, oh, no, you terms of service we you know and boom your facebook group is gone you know yeah okay so it's permanent when you've got yeah. your email of course yeah it's um, yeah. something i need to think about as a matter of fact in the dave chesson interview the latest one uh he talks about a cool way to make lead magnets because most people say get the next book for free and then you know they have to go to your landing page and download the next book but there's um a better way which is like this map here like cool stuff in your book or if there's a side story to how did your raven girl get her wings and you could say hey do you want to know how the raven girl got her wings you can download that here for free you know and oh, yeah. um that's yeah a, that's so great idea so i have like little little snippets that sort of encourage people to yeah because to, yeah yes exactly because one of the things i've learned is is um see it seems like you must have this feeling. What, what is the feeling? Do you feel like you're on the tip of the iceberg or on the edge of a cliff? Which one? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> so when you're on a, on, a, on, a, on a really good wave like this uh, and you got to be ready for the traffic, what happens is when you put out a book and it gets some momentum and you don't have your email collecting devices or a Facebook page set up, then you miss out on all of that traffic. So you really have to have your funnel it mapped out and, and you have to be ready for the traffic. So you got to get at least one link in your book, say, Hey, come here and get your next book for free. Come here and download the map or, 
or, or here's my next book, you know, my next book is on Amazon, blah, blah, blah. You got to have something. But the best thing to do is, is to have some kind of thing to offer them for an email and start building your list. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, you talk to any author, any author, A to Z, and that's the number one thing they all say, oh, I wish I would have done that sooner. It's the number one channel. It's, it's mandatory for all authors, fiction, nonfiction, you must build your email list. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, end I, of I, sermon. Sorry about that. No, no, I've got a lot to learn, and I appreciate you giving, spending the time uh, speaking with me because mm. um, I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. Sometimes I like I like to to write, and then I, I mm. get a bit, you know, I'm onto the next thing, and I'm, I should be focused on these sort of things. So it's great to great to get your tips and your feedback. Thanks, yeah. Eric. I'm looking at your video on YouTube. Can can you put something in the description of the video, like go to this link here, uh, the direct link to the book or to my author page, because this is from Rio Vista Universal. I, I guess you don't control this page or channel, do you? No, but it's, it's I, I think these are all really good suggestions, actually. Now you're yeah. saying, I'm, yeah, I've got it, I've got it. Yeah. I've got to sharpen the pencil and get onto this quickly. They've, because they've like, got this huge link list and you should be in there. I mean, it's yeah. the, the movie's based on your book, man, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. I should, I should get onto it. I'll definitely, um, yeah. I'll, I'll be taking your suggestions for sure. And I'll be yeah. busy after the podcast to you. That's for yeah. sure. It's, it's, it's hard though. Cause so many things work so well. YouTube is an excellent channel to, you know, put some videos out, maybe your cover creator or your artist or, or, you know, you can just tell a side story, just say, hey, you know, any video, and then you put your links in the description and uh, you can sell books on YouTube. It works really well. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I noticed there's, there's a whole range of things I haven't even considered. I, I remember um, uh, Steve Scott was saying Pinterest is another one that's sort of taking off at the moment as well. Um, yeah. I hadn't even thought of Pinterest until I heard that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I have a lot to learn. Eric. There's, there's, learn. That's the thing, though. You should narrow it down, though, because there's so much. Or, or if you have somebody to do it for you, then hit every channel you can, of course. But if yeah. not, then the, the author himself should definitely manage his own email list and yeah. put those links in his book. And then have you, got a recipe, have you got a recipe, Eric, that you like for your books? Like when you do it, is there certain things that you just know that you, sh you have to do? What you mean like with um, the email side or the story yeah, or, or what? Anything for your advertising or. Oh yeah. Um, well, okay. So uh, it's um, you in the front, in the back of the book, you have your lead magnet. So like said, normally people say get the next book for free, but that's kind of old. It, it still works, but um, yeah. more creative is to offer the cool stuff like your maps or something. And you put that in the very front of your book and in the very back of your book. Yep. And, and that leads to your email list, a landing page. And right now I would, I would recommend MailerLite.com is a very good one. And then a new one is called SendFox.com. And then there's another one called GetResponse.com. And um, these, these are my three favorite email providers for this type of thing. So what, what happens is they go to the link and then they can download the PDF, but they have to put in an email. And this, this email autoresponder handles all that. And then it automatically sends more messages too. So it sends them the, the email with your PDF, maybe the map there. And then, yeah. and then you can set it up like every day he gets a message or whoever's on your list or every week, you know, once a week, it's all yours after that. So then, so then that's how you build your list. And then, then you have an audience that you can directly send your next book to. I love it. I love it. So that you're, you're ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, people unsubscribe and stuff like that. But so there's a, there's an art to managing your email list. You know, there's the, the big controversy as well. What do I do? Do I mail them every day or every week or once a month? And, uh, you yeah. can actually, you can actually survey your audience and say, how, how often do you want to receive emails from me? And usually once that's, a week. Uh, that's something you use, I, I think, because I, I joined your site and I noticed oh. that you gave me the option of like a day, a fortnight, a month, um, which was really good actually. Because really? I, I was, yeah, it was up to me. I could control how often I wanted to get information from you. Ah, but, but wasn't that a survey? Um, it might have been. I'm, okay. I'm still stuck in the last century. 
Very yeah. Cool. Okay. No. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to look at my list now. I'm going to go see your email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but but a rule of thumb, a safe rule of thumb, is once a week. Uh, yeah. You can email your people, and yep. when you're going for a launch, once a day, you know. Yep. And there's. Just to- Keep them informed about what's your movements and what's happening. Exactly, exactly. And uh, another really cool thing to do is uh, when somebody joins your email list. So obviously, you deliver this thing you promised them, like your PDF map, whatever, or the next book for free. But then you yeah. want to also make the next mail a quick win, so that they really they're really stoked to be on your list, and they're not just getting another blast email hey everyone you know go check out my video you know now you want to give them something really good so that that they it kind of trains them to keep opening your emails right i guess there's a formula to to get inspired about what you're doing well we can go on um that is a tangent we could go on that forever uh, (laughs) well thank you very much i I learned something it's great eric and i'm sure people listening not everybody's um you know, I'm sure there's a lot of aspiring authors out there too that this information be really good for them. Yeah. It's one of those things I'm developing because uh, I have a, a, a course myself and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a lifelong journey, you know, publishing the book is the easy part, but then learning to write a good story and be a good storyteller is really hard. So, and that's a lifelong journey. So I can keep adding to my course, but um, talking about yeah. storytelling, how did you learn storytelling? I, I think it was just from the books I read and the movies I, I'd seen. And like, like you were saying, I think it's in our DNA that the stories yeah. are passed down from generation to generation. My father, my grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, they would tuck me in bed at night with a story, um, reading books. So I, th- I think that's how I, I learned. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, I would say that my, my dad's very articulate and he used to, he used to um, tell some great stories. So it kind of got, my, got me interested as well. And when did you write your first book? Oh boy, I, I, I wasn't till I was about 16. I think I wrote my first like story. It wasn't quite a book, but um, the first book I actually re- released was Greg, Greg's book, um, My Brush With Depression, and that was in 2005. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but I, I, I was experimenting with writing in high school and things like that, but I wasn't, I wasn't great. Um, it's, it just developed, it's just developed over time. Did you take any writing classes? Um, I have taken like some short courses, but I'm, I'm largely self-taught. And cool. It's kind of like with Greg, it was, it was almost accident that I got into writing because I didn't really have a plan to, to do it. But when he went through his really hard times and um, he was sort of had his, his depression, it was, it was more like I wanted to write the book to inspire and educate other people that might be going through a similar thing. So mm-hmm. we just sat down and it was just started writing and, and put it, put it to paper. And um, again, it was strange how, how that got published because I hadn't really spoken with any publishers, but um, networking so important, you know, telling people what you're doing. And we had a friend of ours who knew someone at uh, a, a program in Australia called the Australian story. And it actually features individuals with kind of interesting tales to tell. And she suggested that we send in the what the manuscript. So we we sent that to the to the um, ABC, which was the broadcaster, and they they came and interviewed Greg. Like they spent a month with Greg and, and sort of followed him around with cameras and hmm. um, followed his followed his life and, and filmed him painting and sort of re- recreated his story. Um, cool. And then from that, we got invited to a fundraiser. We went to the fundraiser, and then there was a publisher, and I was speaking with her and. She said, oh, I want to have a look at the manuscript. I sent it to her and she, she said, I'd like to publish it. So I didn't even, we didn't even write a letter, which was again, quite strange. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was just strange how it all, how it all worked out. It was just, we're in the current and it yeah. just seemed to flow. Um, great. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Networking is number one way to the top. Yeah. It's, I think it's really good. You know, I, I'm still learning that side of things as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got a friend, Josie, who's Greg's, Greg's wife, and um, mm-hmm. she's fantastic at it. Like, and, and Lynn Santa, I mean, she knows everyone and their grandmothers. You know, so she, <laughs> cool. She's really good at it. Um, yeah. So she introduces me to a lot of people that I probably wouldn't meet normally. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm tr- trying to attend more functions and fundraisers. And, and it's incredible the people you meet, like just by going along and, and you know, attending dinners and lunches and 
other other things. But um, yeah, the word word of mouth is so powerful. Yeah, awesome. I do have one technical question for you. What do you guys down in Australia use the most for an e-reader? Kobo's or Kindles or iTunes or what's the number one um, e-reader down there? I, I use Kindle. Um, uh -huh. I think I, I couldn't give you a definitive answer, um, but I, okay. I think it's Kindle. I'm pretty sure it's Kindle. Like most of my friends and, hmm. and colleagues, we, we're all on Kindle. So if we were to look at your Kindle right now, which books would we see? Oh boy, I'm not even <laughs> sure. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm not paying much help here. <laughs> but it's all right. Probably, it's all right. Probably none. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you probably just see um, Almithia. That would be it. Yeah. Cool. Right yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm an accidental author. He's got no idea about marketing. <laughs> That's cool. No problem. Uh, yet, yet. But what my dad said, there's no harm in being a. Uh, an idiot, but there's no virtue in remaining one either. So I think that's my <laughs> well, point. I have to get out there and uh, learn what I'm doing. Well, that's why I said, you know, um, networking, you, I mean, you're, you're obviously doing that marvelously. So be ready for the traffic and get those um, subscriber links in your book in the beginning yeah. and at the end, you know, so that you can build your email list. And, and I would definitely start a Facebook page for the book or for your author name. Is that your author name or a pen name or? Uh, that's my author name. Yeah, just my initials, Aaron James Coots. And we do have um, we do have an Almithia group on Facebook. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, so um, that's been really helpful, actually. That's that's yeah. been uh, been able to get people to attend some of the events we've been. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think you need a page to run Facebook ads, but you're probably not interested in that yet, are you? Well, I think I well, I think it might be good actually. It sounds yeah. good to me, Eric. Um, definitely, yeah. I. I I mean, I think what I have to do is go back and look, listen to your podcast. <laughs> well, you need a Facebook page to run ads. Okay. So, so you need to make a page for your, either your name or your book, you know, the author AJ Coots or for the book series. Um, yeah, probably. Actually, I, think, I think we might have that actually, because my man, Lynn Santa, I think has done that because they do come up and we post what we're doing and, um, you know, um, we've been advertising Cliff pretty heavily that he's coming out here, Cliff Simon from, um, mm -hmm. he's, he's, uh, he's coming out. So we have been doing apps, a certain advertising, but I'm just not sure how it, how it works because I didn't set it up, but I'm pretty sure Lynn's done that. Cool. Well, we can yeah. talk about that in the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Eric. Yeah. I'm going to um, have, have to send you a fee for today. I'm learning so much. No, 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 no. No, that's cool. Uh, what was I going to ask you? Uh, if you had to do it all over, what would you do different? Oh, that's easy now. After speaking with you, I'd probably read Brian Meeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get some Facebook, act, Facebook ads happening. Um, yeah. Get on mail and lights. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, seriously, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, those things are really important. Like after speaking with you, I'm, I'm a bit behind in the marketing. But mm -hmm. as far as writing goes, um, no, I, I just do it the same. It's um, hmm. you just put your uh, for me. It's just putting your heart and your soul into what you do. Mm -hmm. Like you put your everything into into what you're doing. You do it a hundred percent. And at the end of the day, I don't really have. I have a little bit of control, but that's that's the most important thing for me. It's always been to to really put down a story that I like and believe in, and hmm. hopefully that resonates with other people. That's cool. I, I love it. Um, there's a lot of controversy going on about ghostwriters. You know, some people get ghostwriters, like especially ex-presidents, you know, they write their memoirs and they, all they do is sign it. Somebody else writes the damn book, you know? And uh, yeah, some, some of the big authors too. I mean, um, Oh yeah. James Patterson. And yeah. um, okay. He wrote his first ones though, right? He wrote all of yeah. his first ones, but yeah. these guys yeah. are. Now yeah, they've got teams of, teams of people that work on, on, on yeah. books. Yeah. And then, uh, they're releasing like five and six books a year. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's how they do it. I mean, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Maybe James, James Cook is a pretty clever, clever guy, but I think it's becoming, you know, it's definitely happening out there where um, mm -hmm. that's the people are putting a lot of books out in a short period of time with the help yep. of other people. Mm. I, I want to, um, that's one of my goals too, is to, to write more books and in order to do that, I'd have to get a ghostwriter, but I just can't get over it. I, I want to write them myself. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, I just, 
just got to do it yourself. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Because you lose the creative control once you have um, someone else writing it down for you. Yeah. Well, and it's not you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. you put your name on the book and you didn't even write it. So I, yeah. I'm still not over that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you could eat dinner with anyone past, present or future living or not even born yet, who would it be? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I would have to be an author. I think I'll probably, I'll probably go with Frank Herbert at the moment. Oh ah, yeah. Okay. I'll probably yeah. sit down with him and have a, have a chat talk about the upcoming movie and what he thinks of it. Yeah. Um, that would be, um, that would be the person I'd go to, I'd say. Cool. Cool. Do you have a morning routine or, or do you practice any kind of mindfulness, meditation, morning routine, whatever? Um, I'm a bit all over the place, to be honest. Um, I don't really have a routine. Um, I, um, I, I get up, I like to work into the night sometimes. Um, I find it really quiet and it's, there's nothing to distract me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I've been up like it's, uh, what time is it? It's about 20 past eight in Australia. I've been up all night. So I, um, I've been working through the night and I'll, I had a couple of hours and then I'll do some writing and then I'll, um, I might have a little nap and then I'll get up and have a shower and then I'll get back to writing. Um, yeah, I don't really have a plan. I'm not, one of, these yeah, I'm not one of these people yeah. that sort of is, is very strict and disciplined. I'm, I'm probably the opposite. The oh, well, the, the Miracle Morning is super hot right now. And um, Steve Scott actually wrote a book, The Miracle Morning for Authors. So oh, in, okay. in America, it's really trending right now in America. So, um, so yeah. what sort of things that are just like getting up and like having a, having a focus or doing meditation or is that the sort of thing or? Well, first of all, I have to say I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Sometimes I try. I'm not a morning person. So everything before 7 a.m. is like god-awful early for me. But um, yeah, I try it. And um, I, I do like you. I do the push-ups. And um, yeah. uh, I do practice Tai Chi once in a while, moving meditation. And um, I, I, uh, I haven't got... Uh, I haven't got the morning routine down yet quite right. I, I think I have to get my family on board so we all do it, you know? Yeah, it's hard when you've got, have you yeah. got a young, have you got kids? Yeah, I've got a, a four-year-old and an 11-year-old and, uh, you know, I've got to take them to work. I take them to, to, to school and then go to work. Yeah, that makes it difficult, doesn't it? It's, um, yeah, well, you know, the thing is, these guys are waking up at five in the morning, you know, and are six in the morning. <laughs> so it's hard, you've got to, this, it's hard to get yeah. Yeah, well, so so the concept is cool, you know. Yeah, it's good if you've got that. Um, I think I think again, it depends on your sort of um, personality type, and some people need the routine and the structure, and it helps them. Um, I noticed um, one one cool thing I heard on your podcast um, was some people like to dance a little bit before they they get into the into the groove, into the writing. Yeah. Makes yeah, me, you was, were saying that's something that works with you too. You like to you enjoy the dancing, and you can't you, because you said you can't. Be unhappy when you're dancing, so it gets you in a yeah. good, good frame of mind. That sounds that was a good one too. It's pretty crazy, mind and body. It, it's uh, what it, they are one man. It's it's a, uh, it's pretty crazy how that works. And and I think most people out there that have done dancing, they know what we're talking about. And uh, yeah, I think that was Derek Depker also. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well, I respect your time. So. Um, did I ask you what's your number one tip for beginning authors? Um, no, you didn't. Um, okay. My, my number one tip, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, oh, it's hard to narrow it down, but because it's, it's different for everybody, you know, it's um, people have different personalities. But for me, what I would say is if you're starting out writing, I would say it's probably a combination of three things. It's the first one is patience. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to write a good story. It doesn't just happen and it's not a neat process. It hasn't been for me anyway. It takes time. Um, perseverance is the next one. Mm-hmm. You just have to keep at it. Like there'll be times for me, there was times where I just felt like, am I wasting my time here? Is this going to be good? Am I ever going to get published? Um, you know, because I, I did have a lot of setbacks with this book too. Um, before, before I found Lynn, I'd sort of sent it out. I'd sent out the first few chapters to, 30 or so um, publishing houses in New York. And I, I only, of the 30, I only heard back from one. And yep. that was enough. So that was pretty disheartening, you know. It kind mm. of crush, crushes you a bit when you, 
when you're faced with that because you put, like I said, you put your heart and soul into something and you don't hear back. And I was kind of considering changing careers. I thought maybe I'm in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> but, I, I pers- but it was just inside me and I persevered. And I, I just, um, when you get that sort of feedback, just think, okay, well, maybe, maybe I need to improve the storyline or maybe I need to um, improve the plot. Um, so I did that. I just kept, kept moving. And the, and the last one I'd say is just have self-belief. Like you're going to, at times you're going to have self-doubt and you're going to, feel like it's not worth it and it's not happening very fast. And, you know, not everyone's got, not everyone likes your story. Like not everyone likes science fiction, for example. Um, but if you believe in yourself, you can do it. Like that's what I would say to, to authors. If you really want to do it and you have self-belief, go for it. Don't let anyone stop you. Cool. Thank you very much for that. Pleasure. And okay then. Well, thank you so much for your time, Aaron. And, uh, where can we meet you online? Um, www.almithia. That's mm-hmm. A for Alpha, L for Lima, myth as in story. Okay. Um, EA. And uh, yeah, just www.almithia.com. And that, that'll direct you to the Instagram. And we've got a, we've got a Instagram handle, which is uh, Almithia Film. Okay. Uh, that's our Twitter. Sorry, that's our Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. And then you can get onto Instagram just by typing in the. Awesome. The, uh, mm. Cool. Thank you so much. I look forward to reading the rest of your book now. And uh, yeah, keep me posted about the movie and stuff like that. And I want to reserve you for the next podcast and afterwards, and maybe we can take a deep dive on more of the uh, email list building or whatever. Maybe you have some questions. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to go back through your podcast now and, and listen to some more. I've, I've listened to two or three, but I want to go back and, uh, and learn from the best. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. All <laughs> right, my friend. Well, I'll see you at the top. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> okay. You're, you're already there. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So hopefully. Right on. Right on. Thanks yeah. again, Aaron. See you next time. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks again. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.